0: This morning uh, I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about neighbors and just helping each other out. Um, a few years ago, about 25 years ago now, I was living in Greenville, South Carolina. My dad was sick. It was right about a couple years before I moved back to Tennessee and uh, every Sunday morning I would come to Strawberry Plains to see my dad, because he, he was pretty ill, and I'd stay at least Monday and Tuesday, and just depending on his uh, health, whether I'd go back to Greenville or, or wait another day or two. But this one Sunday morning, I'm trying to get here, and on the other side of uh, Asheville, down between Asheville and Hendersonville, I passed this car. I passed this car, and there was this little old man in the car. He was pretty old. I could, he caught my attention he had his coat on, his tie <clears throat> and as I went around him, again he just caught my attention, just I thought well he's going to church I'm way out of church this morning. he's going to church and about the time I passed him I saw a puff of smoke go out the back of his car and I saw him slow down and go over so I went up to the next exit and again I, had, I was on a mission I was supposed to I was going to be here uh, uh, to check on my dad in just a few hours, but I'm like, I can't let that old man sit there on the side of the road. So i go up the next exit, and I, and I get off a turnaround. I come back to help him. So when I came back to help him, I looked, and I said, he said, something happened to my car. I said, yeah, I said, I'm afraid it did. I said, let me look under the hood. So he popped the hood and there was a hole in his block about that big. Whoa. So it had, uh, And he looked and he said, can you, can you help me? I said, well, I said, we're not going to move this car. I said, it's, uh, it's going to sit here until somebody uh, comes and gets it. But I'll take you wherever you're going. And I said, then we'll tell somebody where your car is. That way they can get it to, to the shop or, or to your house, wherever it needs to go. So he got in my car, and I said, "I assume you're on your way to church." He said, "Yes, sir." I said, well, "Where did you go to church?" He said, "I can't remember." So I said, "Okay." So I started driving, and I'm looking, and, and oh my, he would say something every now and then. We just kind of staring off in the space. I said, "You don't remember the name of your church?" He said, "No." He said, "I can take you there." So he starts taking me, and finally I said, do you remember where it is? He said, I I don't know. He said, I don't know where we are right now. I thought, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. It's getting pretty late. Let me take you home. Let me take you home. And he said, okay. I said, I'm going to get back to the interstate, and then you can direct me to your house. So we go from I-40 to 240, and... He said something about the Blue Ridge Parkway, and so I got on 240, and I said, you just let me know when to get off the interstate, because he told me something not far from the interstate. I said, well, good. I said, you let me know when to get off, and he never let me know. So we just drove around Asheville for a while. We drove around for a while. We had some great conversations, I thought I knew where I was going, and I thought he knew where he was going, and neither one of us really knew where we were going. We were just driving. So, uh, I said, well, I hate you, Miss Church. I said, you look awful nice. He said, well, thank you. And about the fourth or fifth time, we went around, two, is it 240 in Ash? I think it is, 240 in Ash. About the third or fourth time we went around, we seen this exit, we passed 15 times. He said, there it is. And sure enough, he only lived a couple of yards from that exit But he couldn't recognize it So I took him to his house And he evidently lived Well, he lived in this little house That was behind a bigger house There was another house up here It was his his children's property So they were probably out looking for him Because nobody was home but I got him into his little house, and I said, you probably ought to just stay here. Too. I think his son lived in, in one house. I said, his your son gets back, I said, you should probably just stay here. Of course, he didn't have much of a choice. We'd left his, we'd left his car on I-26. So he, he said that I went and I left a note on each door around just to make sure they knew where his car was. And then he was okay. But we've been riding around a little bit. <laughs> so I went on my way and eventually got across the mountain to check on my dad. And a guy called me, and his son called me and thank me for, for uh, stopping and taking care of him. And the uh, thing about it is, I told you a few stories about me stopping and helping people out. I like to do it. Good Samaritan. It's not always the most. It's not always smart to do these days, but I still like doing it. But for every story I tell you about me helping somebody, there's probably four or five where right I getting. We have opportunity to help people every day. We don't have to be in dangerous situations, but we have opportunity every day to help somebody when passing by. I do again, I've told you four or five stories about me helping somebody, but for each one of those stories, there's several where I should have helped, and I didn't, for different reasons. And this morning, as we go through a, a familiar passage about the Good Samaritan, I want you to think about when you've been in each person in the story's situation, because we've been all <coughs> four characters in the story. We've been all four at some point. We've been the person who needed help. We've been one of the two people that passed him by. And then sometimes we've been the person who stopped and helped. So again, as we go through this lesson, I want you to think about those times that you've been in those stories. I'm going to start by reading the scripture. And this is going to come from Luke 10, 25 through 37. Just then, a lawyer stood up to Jesus. Teacher, he said, What must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify him, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell in the hands of robbers, who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. And when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for this scripture, Lord. Thank you for this parable. Lord, thank you for your many blessings, Lord. Just uh, as we study this scripture, Lord, I just pray that it touches the heart of everyone listening. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. The Good Samaritan. Again, it's titled that, and, and, and the ironic part is when this occurred, if you talked to any of the Jewish people, there wouldn't be any such thing as the Good Samaritan. Samaritans weren't considered good. That's one of the ironic things. Is we have hospitals named Good Samaritans. We have ministries named um, after the Good Samaritan. Uh, we have all kinds of things. But at this point, Samaritans were not looked highly upon in society. So that's what makes this a little bit unique. And the conversation between Jesus and the lawyer is familiar. Uh, there's a similar passage later on uh, But the thing about it is, when he asked Jesus the question, he may have been trying to test Jesus, he may have just been wanting to get input from Jesus, but Jesus asked him what the law was. He knew the law. The lawyer knew the law. So when he gave uh, Jesus, uh, when when Jesus asked him what was in the law about it, he answered 100% correct. Even though Jesus was getting ready to teach him something, Jesus didn't say, nope, you're wrong. Because what he said about the law was absolutely correct. So Jesus agreed they, they, they put Jesus put himself on common ground with the lawyer by telling him that he was right. And then all of a sudden the lawyer asked a follow-up question. He said, but who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And then Jesus goes on to tell the parable. And the thing about this, sometimes when we think about neighbors, we think about people who were here who are close to us or people who live in close proximity of us or people that look like us or people that act like us or people that worship more like us or people who, whatever, like us. That's who we usually think of when we think of neighbors. But Jesus goes on to say that our neighbor is anybody who's in need. Anybody that we can help is our neighbor. Anybody that we can help is our neighbor. They don't have to live in close proximity of us to be our neighbor. If you need some, if you see someone who needs help, that's your neighbor. Again, no matter what, what they look like, what they believe, those are your neighbors. But the first two people who passed this guy in me by were church people preacher and Levi, a preacher and another church leader crossed the road to keep from having to help this guy. Again, it was a dangerous stretch of road. They could have been hurt. The robber could have still been around. Whatever. I don't know why they passed by. But the church people are the ones who passed by and left the guy laying there. And again, I've been in that position. One thing is I've been in the position, I've been laying in a ditch and needed somebody to help me before. Maybe not literally, sometimes literally, but maybe not literally, but spiritually. Sometimes I needed somebody to come out and lift me up. I've been that person hurt. But on the other hand, I've been the person who's passed somebody by as well. Again, I do like to help people. I like to um, fix things. I'm a fixer for everything I've fixed, every time I've, I've helped, I've passed people by. One time in my life, there, there's one that I won't share with you that I, I didn't help. And it haunts me to this day. The one time I went by, or more than one time, but the one time that, that, that's ingrained in my mind when I've helped. Many people, one person actually asked me for help, and I didn't. And it eats at me. I pray about it every day. And it's been several years ago. So believe me, you've been in each position. I know I have. I've been hurting. I've been the one that passed by. But I've also been the good Samaritan too. Again, I like to stop and help people. Even though when you put it in this position, the, the, the Samaritan stopped to help. He stopped to help somebody who was different than him. He put himself at risk because, again, the robber may have still been around. Society looked down upon him. If he'd been bandaging this person's wounds, they may have been thinking he was the robber, but he didn't care. He didn't care. He bandaged his wounds. He took care of, he, he took care of his immediate needs. And then he put his animal and took him to the inn. So not only did he take care of his immediate needs, now he's taking care of his needs and it's going to happen because he's going to need somewhere to stay. And then he paid for his room and board. He said, I'll be back if it, if you need anything else. So this one passage, this Samaritan stops takes care of the immediate needs, puts him in a, a puts him on an animal, takes him to the, to, to the inn because he knew he was going to need somewhere to leave. And then if he needed other things, he's going to come back and pay for them. So he's taking care of his future needs as well. Which one was a neighbor? Given the Samaritan probably didn't live in close proximity. They probably didn't have a whole lot in common. But he recognized the guy was in need, so he stopped and helped. He stopped and helped. And again, when Jesus asked, after the parable, when Jesus asked the lawyer which one was the neighbor, he again answered correctly, the one that stopped and helped. You see, a neighbor is anybody who can help Again, it does not have to be due to commonalities or proximity. It don't have to be the same race, nationality, or religion. Our neighbor is anybody who's in need. Our neighbor is anybody that we can help. We've got a lot of neighborless people in the world today. We've got a lot of hurting people. We're called to help them. Yet no matter what they look like, how they worship, how they smell, what their past is, none of that matters. What matters is they're in need. They're our neighbor. You see, as Christians, we're called to practice pure and undivided religion. Any other way... Then we deceive ourselves. Being a Christian is a call to action. It's a call to help people. It's a call to compassion. It's a willingness to cross social barriers. It's a willingness to take risk. To take risks to help people. It's a willingness to set aside our busy schedules. A willingness to set aside our busy schedules. Don't let our busy schedules take precedent over helping somebody in need. Everybody's busy. I'm busy. I tell you all the time how busy I am. You've heard me say. But I can't let my busyness get in the way of being a Christian can't let my busyness get in the way of doing what God's called me to do. I can't let my busyness get in the way of a willingness to make sacrifices. See, the parable of the Good Samaritan, we're challenged to a higher standard of love. It comes back to love. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then later on, Jesus takes it to another level. He says, love your neighbor as I've loved you. Jesus sacrificed for us. We're supposed to sacrifice for each other. Matthew 5, 20 says, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, sometimes we let our religion get in the way of our love. We treat people different because they're different than us. We can't do that. I made a pact with myself and with the Lord a little bit ago. Because sometimes, some people are hard to help. Have you ever tried to help anybody that's hard to help? And what I decided was that I'm going to look in everybody's eyes. And the only ones I want to help is the ones that Jesus died for. And so far, since I've made that pact with myself, I've not looked in any set of eyes that Jesus didn't die for. Go and do likewise. Not like me. No, I've passed so many people by. Not my example, but Christ's example. If you put your sights on me, I'm going to disappoint you. Oh, sometimes I'll do pretty good. But most of the time, I'm going to fail you. Or a lot of the time, I'm going to fail you. A lot of the time, I may pass you by, but Jesus never will. We need to put our eyes on Jesus and his example. Again, just look somebody in the eye and think about how much Jesus loves them, how he suffered for them. And I ask you, I ask you this question. As a Christian, as Christians, can we do that? Can we look past our Look past our differences and find common ground through the love of Jesus Christ. I want to end this with the way Jesus ended the parable. Go and do likewise. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for rescuing us. Lord, thank you for sending people in our lives when we need help. Lord, thank you for allowing us the opportunity to help others. Lord, I just pray that uh, when we see people on the side of the road, or we see people uh, figuratively on the side of the road, or we see people in, in, in need, Lord, that we do stop and show them your love and grace. Let them know that it's not coming from from us because we're limited, Lord, but your power, your grace is limitless. Lord, that we don't pass them by, that we show them eternity, Lord, and we tell them about you. In Jesus' name, amen.